Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. Joining us for the first of many is Mr. David Malukas. David, how are you? I am very good. Thank you for having me. I am very excited as this is like a, a new adventure for me and I wouldn't want to, to start it with any other podcast. So yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're, you're making us blush now. <laughs> Frenchie, how are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm excited for this. This is going to be fun. I mean, getting a IndyCar driver's perspective is going to be something new for us, like on a weekly, no, monthly basis, not weekly, but I can dream. Uh, you don't have time for that. You're too busy, but yeah, it'll be, I'm really excited. Let's, uh, let's, let's start with our, let's go back to our non-racing racing question just to start it off here before, and then we'll start with the, the Iowa test and talk about mid Ohio and, and who knows what else, but I was thinking earlier, is there like a food that you could never eat again for the rest of your life and be completely happy? It could be like general, like I don't like any type of steak or something, something like that. And either mm, of you can like, answer first. So I never like I can eat it, but like just never eat it again and like be fine with it. Yep. If, okay. if, if you like it, you don't like it, but no matter what, you can never have it again after today. I'm going to go with honey roasted peanuts. It's so random, but all right. I, had a, I mean, I had a I, bad experience one time with them. And so basically after that bad experience where I, I think alcohol might've been involved while I was eating them. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I never want to eat them again. Kind of like even the like thought or smell of them makes me kind of like shiver a little bit. Just like, uh, that was a bad night. Well, for me, it's, um, I would say it's like these, um, it's not like cheese curds because cheese curds I had at Road America and like they're yeah. very good, but it was it's like these like it's dough, it's like doughy with cheese inside. It's like just cheese dough cheese balls. And specifically, there's these ones from Costco that I used to <laughs> always get. And I one time it just gave me food poisoning and just the thought of it, I, I just I want to just get away from it as much as possible. Just seeing anything related to that. It, it, I just immediately just want to get yeah so I would say something in, in that sort of means but I mean I don't know because it, it I want I don't want to say something basic but yeah it would have to be that because that so kind of like a breadstick with cheese inside or like yeah but it was it was just like these like I don't know it had yeah. some weird texture to them and like this weird flavor to them it that's different differentiates from like just like a normal breadstick with cheese in it but I don't know Okay, fair. I'm going to take salads. Uh, salads are just <laughs> so boring. They're so healthy. Like they're good for you, but they're just like you could go. There's certain places like if you go to like Sweet Green or one of those like bougie salad places, like, yeah, you could get a good salad. But for the most part, they're pretty damn boring. Don't give me a side salad with my dinner at Olive Garden or whatever. Like, please <laughs> cut, keep me out of that. Oh, are, they, are they started with the salad? So then yeah. like partially full but they're the, the the their salad at olive garden is actually pretty good i i said olive garden full well knowing i haven't been to olive garden like just to attack years. everyone who loves it <laughs> yeah, yeah it's actually really good it's really good salad <laughs> over there like that's one of the places where i'm like ooh, salad like nice all right fair enough well let's let's dive into it here we've got a little bit of testing to recap and mid ohio i don't think there's there's really like kind of nothing going on in the news here but you got to test in Iowa last week, saw the testing times. I know you didn't get in as many laps as you'd like, but was A, was this your first time at Iowa? And B, what was Iowa like? 
So yes, it was my first time there. Um, and secondly, it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was my first experience of like a, a bumpy oval. Uh, I, uh, I went out and, and it's also very short. I mean, we did, uh, when we, when we did the first qualifying sim in the morning, I mean, by the time you kind of got the gist of what's happening, you just hear white flag checkered. You know, it was just so fast, especially comparing to, you know, the last oval experience I had, which was the 500, you know, and being four laps and so much longer. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, it was in, in the afternoon, we ended up having some gearbox issues. So that kind of like cut out a lot of laps in the afternoon, but in the morning, it, let's just say I, I was thankful to have Takuma with me because I was able to leech off of a lot of his data going into the afternoon. Because yeah, that oval, I mean, there's there's nothing like it that, that I've experienced. Gateway isn't really like it, even though it's shorter. It's just I was very special with the way it's designed, the different lines that you can take and the bumpiness to it. It's very uh, special in its way. And like people were doing so many different lines. I mean, like I watched Will Power and he just goes around the outside. I'm like, oh, wow, he's passing around the outside. But then he passes me and then he just keeps going that outside line and just like is yeah. just super fast in it. So yeah, it was it was very interesting test for me. Do you know and I don't. You, you, you might not qualifying when we had the double header at a noble uh, Iowa, when Connor Daly got the pole two year, two years ago, maybe qualifying was set where you had your, your first lap was race one. Your second lap is race two. Are, are we doing that again this year? I, I do not know. All I know is that the two races are different lengths, but other than that, I, I won't know until we come into the race weekend with, <laughs> with that information. Frenchie Dino. I do not, but I can look it up for us while we're, we're kind of talking here. We'll okay. see if I can find it. Yeah, and the guy you mentioned, Will Power, was second in testing. Your teammate was third in testing. So you got some pretty good data to go off of from the test. But before we get there, well, before we get to Iowa, we've got a couple, including Mid-Ohio first. And speaking of that, before before we get there, your HMD Motorsports Indy Lights team announced today that they're going to field approximately 80% of the Indy Lights grid in 2023. <laughs> okay, they're only probably about a third. They said six, uh, your, your team manager, Mike Marini, today said six cars. They expect about 18 or so. That's with the addition of Legacy Autosport, which sold their USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000 cars. So I'll give Frenchie the first crack at this one. Thoughts on the expanding Indy Lights field and a team kind of selling off some of their other road to Indy assets in order to focus on Indy Lights. So before I get to that, we have one qualifying, yeah, at 930 okay. on Saturday morning. And then instead of qualifying on Sunday, we have a pre-race concert by Gwen Stefani. So rock on. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um as for the expansion i i love to see it i mean more cars and indie lights is better right i i the one thing i do have one concern with it is that i guess more drivers right in coming to indycar maybe we get like a little bit of that funnel effect right where you see all these good guys coming into indie lights and maybe there's that issue of them moving up moving forward but i think to have at least on the positive side to be able to see more competitive field, a bigger field, the cream will rise to the top, right? So the best guys will get to IndyCar anyway, but I think it'll just be interesting to see. I remember when we used to have huge Indy, Indy Lights fields. So 
to see that again um, is nothing really but a good thing if you boil it down. Mr. Malukas, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, expansion, for, especially for any lights, that was like the, the main thing. Of course, I still had amazing battles with Kyle and Linus throughout, throughout my whole whole season when I went there, but I absolutely love Indy Lights. I love the series. I love the car. It's such a joy to, to drive and race, and it's very tough as well. I mean, one of the toughest cars, probably the toughest car I've driven in my whole racing career, and I, I'm really happy that it's still being around, and now it's actually finally starting to grow and, and get bigger, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, HMD is just the, the majority of, of that field. <laughs> I'm going to be very biased there, so uh, but no, I'm, I'm so happy for, for the series. And I think it's a very, very good card to kind of just be a step below before IndyCar. I think it preps you very well. However, would I want something to add on? Yes, I think Indy Lights should add on like some, some way of doing pit stops. I think having pit stop practice would be amazing for, for any driver going into IndyCar because just from my experience going into IndyCar, that has been the main thing I've struggled with because I've, I've never practiced it. I've been asking that question of, is there a way for Indy lights to simulate a pit stop with like, even if it's like a just drive through stop and hold for five seconds sort of thing to like work on in laps and out laps and everything. And not one road to Indy driver I've ever asked has said yes, maybe one, but so you are the first really to, that surprises me. Yeah. You are the first to buck the trend. And I've, I asked, both lean. I don't know if I asked Linus earlier this year. I know I asked Benjamin a couple weeks ago and and got mm. rebuffed. So I'm <laughs> intrigued that you that you feel that way. But what is what is it about pit stops that that makes them so difficult? Is it the in lap? Is it the out lap? Is it actually getting into a pit stall? Is there or just everything? I mean, it, it's all together, uh, especially with with all the strategy going on. I mean, if you just miss one second in a pit stop, that is so much time on track. And especially for ovals, I mean, Iowa is going to be such a big play. I mean, you do a pit stop, you lose like two laps at Iowa. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's it was everything for me. I mean, coming in, especially for ovals, right? That's now you do pit stops at Indy. You're coming in at 200 miles an hour, and you have to come in break when the you know, you haven't used the brakes all sessions. So now they're all cold Then you're coming in all the cars crooked, you know, because it's set up for an oval. you're coming in trying not to lock up um, and trying to shorten that gap as much as possible. Uh, I mean, even coming in, it's all new, you know, you pulling the clutch, the way you to hit the marks. Although when you leave the pitch, you're like, yeah, this is going to be so easy when you're coming in, it, everything just gets really tiny when you're going 60 miles an hour, turning in or 45. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest thing for me was, you know, you do all this pit practice, you know, and all these testing that we did in the off season. I'm like, okay, all right. I finally got it down. Actually went to a real world scenario and, you know, you do so-and-so laps on the tire. The tire is absolutely destroyed. But when, I, when we did all the practicing, it, we had, you know, fresh tires every time I came in. So now on these destroyed tires, you come in and now all of a sudden you can't brake nearly as well and you can't turn as much. So now it's trying to find the maximum of these, you know, already worn out tires trying to come into the pits without absolutely, you know, demolishing your pit crew. So it's just all these, <laughs> Minor it's all these things. And yeah, so that's, I wish, yeah, I wish you can do the, the pit stops and Indy lights. I mean, also like in fuel would be really good, but at that point now you're just struggling with trying to get the, the, the race time in, you know, cause then you just have to increase time. And that's because fuel savings also a big deal. Like I, I thought it's like, Oh, you just, feel safe to make the, the pit window but no it's realistically you feel safe the entire time because you know one one second less on the fueler that's you know quite a bit of time on track 
Yeah, makes sense. So on the kind of on the, the pit stop note, Indy Lights is switching to Firestone tires in 2023, which I think we all kind of saw coming when when Penske took over. But is that good, bad, indifferent for Indy Lights? I'd imagine it. You know, it's probably not obviously the exact same tire as IndyCar, but maybe a little bit helpful. Uh, yeah, I think coming from my end, I would say. Uh... I mean, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference, but I think it is good that Firestone tires are going to be friendly lights because that is the tire we're using in IndyCar. So I'm assuming that they're going to be a lot closer to IndyCar. So I think that's already one step in the direction of having Indy lights more suited towards getting drivers prepared for IndyCar. No, I mean, I, I can think that just having the similarity between hopefully the construction of the tire between Indy lights and IndyCar might i mean might we see hopefully i don't know i doubt it but wouldn't it be cool to see like a red and a black scenario in indie lights i would love to see that but i kind of doubt it probably a lot more money to yeah. pay for the drivers and teams to have those you know alternate and primary tires but i don't know we'll, yeah, it, we'll would, see what happens. it would be it would be very cool to have two different sets of tires for indie lights and just because it would also put strategy into play so i don't know have very limited amount of tires so the price hasn't increased that much and so let's say you have to use the same set that you qualified on, right? So let's say some people can like use the black tire to qualify and kind of be a little bit farther back, but have a fresh red set for the race when others might use the reds to qualify and then have to start on those reds and fall off sooner in the race. I think that would be like a nice little play. I, I, but yeah, it would be, it all be depend on budget. Staying on the Indy Lights theme in the news here, one of your former teammates, Benjamin Peterson, tested for Yunkos yesterday so monday not a lot of guys know you know not a lot of people know the indie lights drivers other than maybe who's leading the championship and who gets you know the the tv time when when indycar talks about it but what don't people know about ben peterson that they should assuming he you know makes his way into indycar in the next year or so anyway well, I was with Ben since the FR season when yeah. uh, Indy, Indy Lights got canceled in 2020. Um, and then going into 2021, he ended up joining the team. And at the start of the year, you know, it's a new car for him. And uh, he, he definitely was, I'd say, farther back in the grid. But as the season went on, like if there was an award for most, like, I'd say gained driver in, in knowledge and speed, I would definitely would have gave it to him in uh, in the 21 season because – at the start of the season, you know, he was he was kind of there picking at it. But by the end of the season, at like the last Mid-Ohio race, I mean, he was – I was always leeching off of his data at Mid-Ohio or at Laguna or Portland. I mean, he was very quick towards the end of the season. He learned a lot. And he was, like, becoming my main competition at the end of the season. Especially – I will never forget Mid-Ohio. I mean, it was tough. I remember I pushed to the max, and it was still, like, a little bit off, and then it started raining. So that kind of – it changed up and became a different story. But – yeah, it was very impressive to see him at the end of the season. So I was happy. I was like, well, I'm happy the season's ended because Ben was coming in. Uh, so going into this season, you know, I think he, he's very, very good. Uh, you know, in, in 22, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, Linus is, uh, he's kind of been very, been doing very good at the start of the season. Let's just say that. But I think Ben yeah. has, has always been there. He's just kind of got a little bit unlucky with the way things have, have shaped out. But uh, Benjamin, I've known him for many years now, and he is, he's very good and definitely capable of, of, you know, driving that Indy car, which I saw at the end of the day, he was, he was quickest on the time. So. Oh, good. I did not look at the test times at all. So. You know. Yeah. I saw, I saw a, a bit of an article there. I, 
I will also be talking to him soon. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think he was he ended up being at the top of the board, um, just behind, just in front of Ray Hall. Frenchie, I don't know about you. I only have one more bit of very cool but minor news to get to before we talk about Mid Ohio. Not much. I can't think of no. There's not yeah. much going on. But I mean, it's kind of been that lull in the middle of the summer where we haven't heard anything yet about silly season, so we can't talk about that right now. But we're we're just waiting on that. Let's let's talk about so let's talk about some specific. Oh, I didn't article. even know you were wanted to talk about that, but I'm glad I, I didn't segue you into that. I didn't know I did either. I totally forgot I wanted to to bring this up, but there was there's some rumors going around that that Rocket might disappear oh, from yeah. Tatiana Calderon's car. It's safe for at least this week, but let me pull up the. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. AJ Foyt, or sorry, the Larry Foyt quote. Larry Foyt said to Nathan Brown, I know Rocket wishes to continue the program, but there are some issues which may prevent that. Blah, blah, blah. The 14 isn't sponsorship dependent, so that means Kyle Kirkwood is A-OK. And there was an article that came out yesterday saying if the 11 car went off the grid, it would be no big loss. So, I mean, we all saw my tweet on, or most of us saw my tweet on that. And then the tweet and article got deleted. So, but we can't forget about it because I'm, I'm curious, David, for, for your take as somebody who's you know been racing against Tatiana this year, she's in a Foyt car, which doesn't necessarily maybe have the pace that Tatiana really has. What's it like driving against her and you know how important is having kind of a female presence on the grid to you know the growth of IndyCar? I think it's very good. I've gotten along with her very well uh, and she's she's done very well. I mean if you look more in the practices and qualifying, she's actually very quick and I remember in the episode of the season she was actually kind of kind of was there. It's just in the races where it seems like uh, she tends to to kind of not really be there, which I, I don't know if that's physically, I, I have talked to her about it and stuff. So, but she, she's mentioned it, but I think overall it's been, it's been a pleasure. You know, I, I loved having and having the diversity in the Dakar. I think it's very helpful and, and we should definitely have it. Um, but yeah, there's probably different plays that we also don't know from the background of, of it all coming yeah. together. And also her just sticking to road courses. We get that extra time on the ovals when she has those big breaks and then she gets back in the car when we're all you know we were just in it last week or you know the whole month of may you know she she was out so there's different plays altogether, but i think overall it's it's been a pleasure having her like i've, I've enjoyed it quite a bit french get ready race fans because the ultimate nascar experience is about to hit the airwaves welcome to pit pass nascar the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of nascar racing join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. 
Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Any thoughts on that whole situation? Yeah, I mean, as I think we've sort of discussed that it would be a loss to lose anybody on the grid. Um, but especially, I mean, it's just cool to see female drivers coming into IndyCar, right? I mean, that's always a good thing, especially just to set a role model for like any young girls who are looking to come into the sport to just have that exposure to female drivers. So for somebody to say that that wouldn't be a loss, I mean, yeah, it would be a loss in terms of both just having a deep field, having competitive, you know, number of cars. We love to see a deep field in any car. And then we also just love to see a diverse field, right. Of drivers with different backgrounds, different types of drivers. So it would be a loss for sure. It is definitely a loss. I mean, she's done a lot off track as well. I mean, the amount of support she gets and brings into the sport, especially for younger girls, the amount of times I've walked down the paddock and to see all these young girls, you know, taking pictures with Tatiana and looking up to her, it's very cool. And I think she's already put a mark to, to, you know, get these younger girls into racing and then one day, you know, also be an IndyCar. So she's, she's done a lot and it definitely will be a loss not having her aboard. Agreed. Hopefully things can sort themselves out. At least they are for, for this weekend in mid Ohio, but all right, I guess we can preview mid Ohio. One of the shortest road courses on the calendar, 2.2 miles, pretty cool obviously in one of the most boring parts of the country because there's really <laughs> nothing to do around around there. And that's obviously what is most important when you go to a racetrack. But we've got all 27 or 26, whatever, however many there are entries this weekend, including Tatiana. But you know, last year, Joseph Newgarden won. 2020, we had two races, Will Power and Colton Herta won. 2019 is when... The race was still 90 laps and Newgarden spun on the last lap or second to last lap, something like that towards the end there and, and threw away a possible victory. But since the universal arrow kit and with now with the, the arrow screen, the races at mid Ohio have definitely been more interesting to watch than they have, you know, a handful of years ago. They're kind of stale, like eight to 10 years ago ish. But the one thing that's, taken out by it being 80 laps instead of 90 laps is now it's all two stops i think i looked at the the report last year and i think two guys stopped three times and i would imagine they had some you know they were gambling on some very alternate strategy but dave from your point of view when you know going in it's probably going to be a two-stop race how do you approach the weekend uh, I mean, definitely. If it's a two-stop, then I mean, going into all the practices, if you just kind of have to have your fingers crossed that the car is going to be somewhat there, so you yeah. can already just start practicing on trying to get the car ready for race running. Because for us, we we tend to to use the practices to get ready for qualifying, and then the warm up is just for race practice. But if we know it's going to be a two-stop, probably going to have to work on fuel strategy. What are the best places to save fuel, and you know, making sure that the tires can last. Trying both tires doing a lot of laps on them and seeing which ones to, to use to start or end with. So it's going to be, yeah, going into that's kind of what's going to have to be. Thankfully, we've already actually tested there. Very hot day after Road America. We went to Mid-Ohio, me and Takuma. And okay. it was, 
it was a very hot day. I mean, it was like so humid and it was like 90, it was like awful. I mean, <laughs> it was so bad. Um, but yeah, we already had one good test day there and we learned quite a bit. So I don't know, I'm excited going into Minaha. It's one of my favorites. I, I don't know, maybe racing wise, you know, it's a short track and the short, the straights might, might not be, you know, the, the longest, but it's a lot of fun to, to just drive around. Like if you want to pick a place to do laps, Mid-Ohio is the one you, you want to go. What makes Mid-Ohio so special to you? It just has such a good rhythm. You know, if you, once you start a lap and you just keep going and going, you gain this rhythm, especially going to the second sector and going through four, five and six, going up and down all these hills, you can get such a good flow and rhythm with, with you and the car and you just feel so connected and time just flies and, you end up, you know, in the test, I always pretend that I'm racing <laughs> all the time because it just keeps you pushing, you know, and oh, it's just, it's just a lot of fun uh, to me. It's like when my, my kid of, of myself comes out and I just have a blast. I was just looking at the results for the Dale coin cars at mid Ohio last season. And yeah. I didn't realize that I, or I knew, I guess at the time, but, uh, Grosjean finished seventh last year. So that was pretty solid. And then I mean, Takuma did well in a Ray Hall car there, and he's always kind of done pretty well at Mid-Ohio. So I'm thinking you guys are looking solid for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, no, definitely. We Well, the, the test day, the kind of the first half of the day, it like rained, and, and Mid-Ohio is just a – takes a long time to get cleaned up. I mean, we were like 10 seconds off the pace at the start of the day, so it was kind of more towards the afternoon. But by the end, I mean, with what the times were last year, we were around that area maybe a little bit quicker, but – it's tough to say so far this season, what I've noticed is every single race that we've gone to, we've just been quicker than, than the previous year by a few tenths. So we'll see how it goes, but I think the test went very well. We got the, we gained so much with the car from the start to the end. So I think we might have a little bit of a jump going into, into this race. A lot of guys, especially the last, last year and, and this year in IndyCar, when, when a team tests somewhere, so you, know, you guys tested mid Ohio, there's a, you know, a handful of teams that tested last week at, at Indy they tend to do better there in the race than they did the, than the other teams. than they did the year before. Do you think that trend can continue this weekend in Ohio for you guys? Well, I, I, I hope so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I definitely do. Mainly just because when, when you have an open test and, and just an open day, you, there's no time limits. There's no nothing. You could just go out and we can, go and do as many laps as we want which makes it so helpful to get the car set up for any sort of race trim and you know just doing that many laps on the tires because you know even though in a in a in a race week we do have two practice sessions and a warm-up um it's uh the two first practices they go by so quick especially with everybody doing all this you know stopping and trying to get a clear lap i mean realistically you just get a few laps on two different sets of tires two changes and then you go so first two sessions is kind of just all for qualifying and then just one session to do like one long stint on one set of tire for, for the, for the race. So yeah, having the, the extra test day is definitely going to help a lot. So I have a question for, for both of you and we can start with Frenchy on this one before we get David's opinion. The first practice is again, an hour and 15 minutes, just like it was in road America. So you get the set of reds on Friday late afternoon instead of Saturday morning. What we saw in road America was guys run more laps than they typically did on Friday, but then Saturday morning, it was a little bit quieter. So I don't know if you heard Rossi and Hinchcliffe's take on this on, on their show last week or the week before, but what do you think of 
the decision. Apparently, they're they're keeping with it again. I haven't seen any press release stating that. I just saw it when I looked up the the schedule right now. I think it, it it'll be more clear knowing that they're doing this going into more of a shorter road course because at Road America. Going into it, I was I was kind of I don't know I don't know if we have enough tire to do you know all that all that track yeah. time for the for the first day, but it worked really well at Road America for it just being so long. So you know I mean you do a few laps and so much time has gone by, and so for us we also made quite a bit of changes. It all kind of went by very quick, but it's going to be interesting to see at Mid Ohio with a short road course. See if we can use up all that track time with the the set of tires that we have. I think also the reds are mandatory for that first practice yeah. session to use. Yeah. So that is also the main thing I don't like because it's, I, I, I would like to use the red tires, you know, as close as possible to qualifying day or qualifying session when the grip is at a higher level and more related. And so when you use the tire in the first practice, you're forced to use it that day. And then the next day is qualifying. It's already a big change and difference. And especially if it rains overnight. Frenchie, any thoughts? I'm interested to see, because I feel like, I mean, David can tell us whether or not this is true, but it seems like, the tire wear may be a little bit worse at mid Ohio than at road America, even though the track's shorter. So to do the red, red tires and mandatory in practice, sort of when the tire, it's, I guess the track is the most green might be pretty useless, right? Yeah. It's less, it's just not, you know, it's not perfect conditions, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's just, let's just say for, especially for rookies, I think it makes it a little bit tougher. <laughs> now you still, as a rookie get an extra, set of blacks this weekend no even though you have an extra you know i guess you don't have an extra set of reds it's just friday instead of saturday morning but yeah i don't know i i get i get it at some places i don't know i'm still kind of waiting to see yeah i would i would like to see how the mid ohio weekend goes and see how, how it works yeah i i agree there i'm i'm curious but what's after that toronto yeah that'd be another tough one to, to run <laughs> yeah. on a friday afternoon with an extra set of reds but we'll we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks we've got some some time there all right david so every week we make predictions you don't if you don't want to if you want to skip predictions it's it's totally uh yeah un- understandable i'm pulling up the standings here and this is how we we do it we pick two from anywhere in the standings and then a third person who has to be below 12th in the standings so I guess that's David Malugas. Okay. So you can't pick yourself three <laughs> times. <laughs> okay. Um, so I need to, so what are, what, so what are the other two drivers? What are the predictions for? Like who's first, who's second or average finishing or just position. doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. we'll, we'll divide it by three and, and the average, the, the winner is the person with the lowest average finishing position. Frenchie, if you want to go first, so David can pull up the standings, we'll let you lead it off. Okay. Um, so for the guy or girl who's um, out of the top 12, I'm going to say that Renus will have a good weekend. Okay. And then hey. for my two, go ahead. Oh, are you going to pick one? No, no. You just do all three of yours and we'll, we'll rotate through. Okay. And then for the other two, it's hard not to pick Colton to kind of have a comeback this weekend. Cause I feel like he's done well there. And then I'm going to say Simon. I saw Simon win there in like 2016. So why not? I mean, Meyer Shanks kind of do. And isn't that their home track, Meyer Shank? Yeah. So if it's not going to be Malukas winning the race, then maybe it'll be Pagina. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're up next. 
Oh man, hold on. I want to look up last year's standings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go next, and I'll give you give you a minute here. I'm gonna go with so outside of the top twelve, I'll take Jack Harvey. I'm assuming David's gonna predict himself, so I'm gonna leave yeah, that yeah. one for him. Yeah, so no, I'm not. With... I'm not actually. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Oh okay. well, then one of us should have taken him. Yeah, let's <laughs> next time. Uh, I'll take Harvey. I'll take. Herda and I'll take Newgarden. Oh, we can pick the same driver. Oh, did I pick the same driver as you? Yeah, I picked Herda for one of them. Didn't oh, I? Oh, my bad. Yeah, I'll take I'll take Newgarden and Polo. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best thing I'm going last. Oh, yeah, that's Okay. All right. So outside of the top twelve, I'm gonna pick Takuma. Obviously. Fair. Um. Fair. Okay, and then so who did you guys pick inside the top twelve? Now I gotta change my answers. I had, I had Colton and Simon. Simon. I had Polo and Newgarden. Ooh, I'm gonna pick Erickson and Dixon. Can't go wrong with Ganassi. <laughs> yeah, Dixon isn't he Mr. Mid Ohio? I don't know. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that was probably a bad oversight by us, but that's why that's why we talk about racing and David <laughs> he drives races. the cars. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at previous years, and Ganassi have been very strong at Ohio, and um, yeah, and Erickson's been doing like very well this year. So I think Erickson and Dixon are a good pick, especially because you already picked below for Lyle. I still don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's a, there's there's I still don't know if it's Rocket or Rocket, so. There's and I, I can never pronounce names right, and apparently that makes me a bad person. Is is what Twitter has told me in the <laughs> this year so far. So, all right. Well, those are my picks. All right, we will average them out after the race. Week weather. The weather looks. I'm going to go back to the weather because we didn't talk about that early. Friday is going to be like 94. Ooh, and Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is going to rain potentially and sunday is supposed to be beautiful so on a weekend where you have no consistency in the weather does that make a friday's practice even more pointless and b how do you like how do you set up a a car for the race when pretty much the the weekend until the race time i guess you know you have sunday mornings warm up to kind of dial in the race pace but how do you approach a weekend when when it looks this kind of topsy-turvy it's t- it's tough, um, but most of the time it's kind of just like a very educated, good guess of, of the the way the track time is going to go. I mean, we look at a lot of weather data and what it's going to be like compared to what we previously had, and kind of get the car to where it matches the the new relevant data that we've got from weather and wind and and temp and track temp and all that. But um, I don't know. It's yeah, it's kind of just it's it's tough. We just kind of have to see. I mean, if it if thankfully we do have warm up on it's it's on the same day as race day, correct? It's Sunday morning. Okay, yeah. So most likely that's going to be more related to the race. So if anything, you also just have warm up to kind of get it to where it needs to be. Could you see a pretty busy warm up if the weekend kind of plays out the way we're thinking it will? Yeah, if it's spotty for for you know the, the first part of the weekend until until. Sunday um yeah then 100% warm is going to be packed and everybody's just going to be it's going to be kind of pure chaos but it's going to be good because that's when you can end up getting some you know proper you know inline racing and getting and seeing how the car reacts when you're behind people Frenchie any other questions or thoughts before we wrap up 
I was gonna I'm, I'm not gonna be able to come this weekend because I've got to go to a wedding so I was just gonna say good luck Boo. with the heat but since you told me it's gonna be beautiful out now I'm kind of even more jealous that I'm not gonna be there I was thinking like, like at first like it's July it's gonna be terrible like it's usually been really hot and I got really sunburned last year at the race even though I put on sunscreen but now I'm jealous that I'm not gonna come this weekend yeah I mean thankfully the weather is is, is the weather actually gonna be pretty good for the race weekend let me let me pull it up. The last last I saw Sunday Sunday like race day is supposed to be really nice and not hot. Let's see here, Ohio. Yeah, highs of eighties. I mean Friday still high of eighty six. It's going up there. I mean the test that we did was uh, my God, it was like maximum humidity with ninety degrees. It was like <laughs> I mean before you even got in the car, you were just like a puddle. It was just, just not not fun. So yeah, bad. Friday is hot, potential for thunderstorms. Saturday is showers and a thunderstorm later in the day, later in the afternoon. Outdoor plans can be impacted, says AccuWeather. <laughs> what? That's, I've never seen that before. Me, me either. So <laughs> interesting. When when you have a I, I you got me thinking, when you have a test that's like you know 100 degrees and then you go into a race that's 80 degrees do you lose some of the value of the data or is it, you know, because it was hot and we were good, we know it can be hot when it's, or we know we can be better when it's not as hot. Uh, I, I don't think you lose, you know, the too much of that data. I mean, normally it's because you also start off very early in the morning when it's still more cool. So you kind of gradually increase that data throughout. So you kind of get picks of everything, but I mean, there's so many different inferences at a test. I mean, it's also just two cars versus, you know, a whole field of cars. So that's already kind of the biggest difference that we're going to have. But overall, as long as we can get a setup more towards, you know, what we want at the end of the day, that's kind of the main goal. Um, and if it's, if, if you get a setup that's very good when it's really, really hot, it's kind of just like a massive bonus because, you know, like when the track's all hot and greasy, our car is still going to be able to handle and not destroy the tires. Awesome. Well, everybody, Tune in mid Ohio. I think green flag is like 1245 Eastern on Sunday on NBC. The rest of the weekend is on Peacock. So tune in. David, thanks for joining, man. Looking forward to doing the next one already. And everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.